Wednesday afternoon to you. Hope you're having a great day. Hope you were able to uh, dodge the raindrops uh, in Northeast Ohio. Welcome to Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Bacon. Plenty of Browns to talk about. Hayden Grove from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com and Tim Bielek also from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com will join us. Uh, the Browns, they decided it was time to dodge the raindrops as well, working out inside in the field house. A very nice thing that the Browns can do when inclement weather hits. Good look at the wide receivers, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Anthony Schwartz out jogging in pads. Nick Chubb, nothing jogging about that. Cut back and a nice run by the Browns running back. Baker Mayfield finds Donovan Peoples-Jones looking good inside the field house. Hey, everybody, welcome to Sports for CLE. Some storylines. Denzel Ward back on the field for the Browns. Tech McKinley back on the field for the Browns. Anthony Schwartz, as you saw, along with Porter Gustin back on the field for the Browns. Now, Greedy Williams not practicing on the field. Sione Taki Taki linebacker not practicing on the field. And JOK linebacker who had that weight room mishap needed stitches not on the field as well. Uh, JOK not expected to much, miss much time, but he did have stitches. Um, Let's welcome in Hayden Grove from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. So, Hayden, how good is it to hear Denzel Ward, Tack McKinley, Anthony Schwartz, Porter Gu all back on the field and, and making progress towards being available? Definitely a good thing, Dave. And I think, again, when you look at all these injuries and these guys being held out, I think you have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. Um, we are still in the preseason. We are still not ready for the regular season yet. You know, there are going to be weeks where guys are put on the uh, are, are not practicing during the week and then end up playing on Sunday. So I think that could be a case with a lot of these guys. But for right now, it's just so much more uh, efficient and so much more smart to just keep them on the side, let them work through their, you know, their bumps and bruises. Um, definitely great to see Tack McKinley back. Don't know exactly what he was going through, but um, it seems to be a huge sigh of relief that he's back on the field. And, you know, his teammates are very happy to see him. Denzel Ward has kind of had that soreness that's lingered for a while. Um, so definitely good to see these guys getting back, but I wouldn't read too much into anything when it re when in regards to you know guys on the sideline. Again, if this was week one, if this was Kansas City, you know they would probably a lot of them would probably be out there. Um, you'd have to see who would you know there might be a couple that might miss the game, but um, we're in preseason. You got to keep them in some sort of bubble wrap at this point. Absolutely, 17 game season, and um, keep in mind there's two weeks, not the the normal one week two weeks after the final preseason game this week before that uh, regular season opener. So Kevin Stefanski asked, are the regulars going to get any action in this final preseason game? He talked about it. So did Joel Batonio. I will tell you before the game, I promise you, Tony. No, I'll, I'll announce it on Friday. I want to get through these next two days. Uh, we have a plan. I want to get through these next two days, talk about it, uh, see how we come out of it, and then I'll let you guys know on Friday. Uh, we don't really know yet. Coaches, uh, <laughs> we're going through a you know normal week of practice, and we're going to kind of fill it out, I think. But we're trying to get in the mentality of a regular season now, you know, like Wednesday install and all those type of things. So we're trying to get more of a normal week, but we still have some camp elements too. We're still going to compete a little bit against, you know, ones versus ones and stuff like that in practice. So, Hayden, would you play the starters at all? Um, and, again, I – I could be convinced either way. Uh, I think last year kind of proved you don't necessarily need preseason games. And um, with what is expected in an extra regular season game, I certainly understand not wanting to send some regulars out there and getting them banged up. Yeah, I would not play their starters at all. Um, I think especially with this offense, they're coming back into a very con continuous um, group with all the players back. The starting 11 is going to be the exact same as last year. You have the same head coach, you have the same offensive coordinator, you have mostly, you have the same position coaches. So I really, I would not worry at all about putting the offense out there. They got their work in against the Giants, and I'm good with that. Defensively, again, really wouldn't worry about it too much either. You don't want to have Miles Garrett out there. You don't want to have Jadavion Clowney out there. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing maybe, you know, a couple of plays from Anthony Walker, a couple of plays from John Johnson, but even then, I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth playing any of the starters because you're not in a controlled environment. Guys could, you know, end up making um, hits that are a little less than savory. Um, it's it's not an environment when, again, where, where guys can come out and just be controlled in their environment. So I think for that reason, um, they got their work against the Giants. It was controlled. There was no tackling to the ground. It was, you know, they didn't get into a fight until after practice, which was just two guys. So 
Um, I think that you, you got your work in. You don't need to worry about playing the starters, especially so, so close to the regular season. Yeah, I would agree. I, I um, And again, I, someone could convince me they should play. I, I wouldn't necessarily hold it against them. I think the risk is much greater than the reward. So I would, I would agree with you, and I would um, tend to not do that. All right. Time to listen to um, a voicemail of truth and reason from one of our viewers. Shut the hell up about linebackers. Leave the linebackers alone. Stop making up stories that they're all injured and they're all hurt and everything else. They're getting their linebackers back. Everything is going to be fine. Shut the hell up. Uh, okay. Well, the linebacking core is banged up. It, it's not an opinion. It's fact. And um, I, you're not going to want to hear this voicemail of truth and reason, but uh, the Browns signed a linebacker as a depth piece, uh, T. Gray Scales. Now, Scales is a guy, and this is video from him at Coleraine High School. He is number eight in this video. Um, he has played four games with the Steelers last year. Um, also, originally undrafted free agent by the Rams in 2018, stints with the Colts in 18, Steelers in 19 and 20, Buccaneers in 20 as well, and was also selected by the Dallas Renegades 2020 XFL draft. Uh, but Hayden, again, clearly Andrew Barry and the Browns think they need some depth at, um, at that linebacking core for the back half of it. And Sorry if you don't want to hear that. That's just the facts. you you, you got to have enough bodies um, to be able to potentially do what you need to get done. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect a guy like T. Grace Scales to make the, the roster. I would expect a guy like maybe even um, uh, Willie Harvey Jr. to make the roster. But still, yes, you need bodies. You need play, players to play in this preseason game. Um, you lost Montreal Meander. Uh, you've lost, you know, Jacob Phillips to this point, and you don't necessarily want to play guys like Anthony Walker Jr., Mac Wilson, Sione Takitaki too much. So yes, there is some, there is an issue at linebacker depth right now, but I think it's only for the preseason. Again, just because you don't want to play a lot of these guys. I think during the season, honestly, Dave, you're not going to see a ton of linebackers. You're going to see more of a 4-2-5 scheme where you have four guys up front, two linebackers, and then some, you know, hybrid safeties at slash corners at work. So I'm not too worried about the depth of the linebackers in general, but definitely for this preseason, I, I would definitely, you know, they're, they're signing guys for a reason. So don't get worried about the regular season. Again, I think you'd have to be a little more concerned about the safeties and the cornerbacks because you're going to be playing a lot of defensive backs um, in a pass-happy league. Uh, but I, I agree that, yes, during the, during the preseason for this last game, got to get your linebackers in there. And, again, they signed two gray scales. Maybe that's a guy that they can put in the practice squad. Willie Harvey Jr. has been around. Maybe he's another guy they can put in the practice squad. Um, so you're going to be seeing a little bit less of um, the linebackers in the regular season. But for right now, it's, it's certainly a, an issue. Where they have to address. And the other thing is, is those um, those linebackers are guys that play on special teams as well, and and you don't want somebody that you're going to be counting on necessarily in passing situations or those kind of things to be a guy that has to run down and and uh, you know bust guys on the on the kickoff squad. So the back half of that linebacking core usually are special teams guys um, that you count on to make tackles. Well, a, a guy who kind of flashed little bit in that final preseason game was Malik McDowell, um, a guy that veteran guy has had some issues on and off the field. Um, Joel Betonio uh, talked about what he has seen from Malik McDowell. Um, I don't think I've gone against him too much, but um, you could tell like why he was a second round pick. You know, when you see him play, like he's big, he's explosive, he has power, but he has enough quickness to like get your edge as well. One guy's one dimensional. It's, it's a little bit easier to stop a guy, but um, no, he's done some some really good things. I think you guys saw in the preseason game, like he was pretty disruptive out there, and, and, and done some some things. Um, Jack Conklin, who played with him, you know, for a little bit at at um, Michigan State, w was saying that he looks like he's becoming his old self again, which was you know pr pretty good. So, um, you know, the more guys you have that are big, strong, quick uh, on your D line, that's always a positive. And Hayden, that's a guy that you know could earn a spot on this roster. Is is Malik McDowell? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the defensive line is something that the Browns have kind of addressed in terms of depth this year. You drafted Tommy Tokyo, you have Jordan Elliott back there, you have Malik Jackson, you have Andrew Billings. Uh, and adding a guy like uh, McDowell would certainly help that depth. Uh, he's a guy who, with, again, tremendous talent, a guy who was drafted in the second round at one point. 
Um, and if he's looking to get back, and if he's back to, you know, the guy that he was, that the guy that Jack Conklin recognized, then certainly that could be a, a very valuable asset. So absolutely, you want to have Malik, McJ- or Malik McDowell on the team, um, given his talent, given his strengths, for sure. Um, I, I'm excited to see him, you know, continue to get reps in the preseason. I think that's a guy you got to play. And if he continues to look like a man amongst boys, like he did against the Giants, I think there's certainly an opportunity for him to make this team and to even make an impact in some Hayden Grove and I are going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, um, you got to hear this one. There's a national guy who is hopping on the Browns' bandwagon, and it's an unsuspected bandwagon jumper. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back with that. Stay with us. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. Welcome back to Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Bacon. Well, uh, those of you who have watched the show know uh, Colin Coward, not exactly always on the Browns side of things, but things are changing. Listen to Colin Cowherd on uh, the Browns and this year. How many articles have you read in the offseason where people have said this? Cleveland's got the second best roster in the AFC. And I believe that to be true. So why are they at 10 and a half? <laughs> why aren't they at 12? Why aren't they at 12 and a half? So I I can't wait to watch it. I still think there's this reluctance about Cleveland, and ironically, I don't have it. My only question is, Miles Garrett stays healthy. And again, I'm not saying he gets hurt. I just, I think they're, they got rid of Sheldon Richardson in the offense, defensive line, who I think's always been underrated. I think they're a little Miles Garrett dependent on that D line. But again, if you're going to be dependent on somebody, he would be the guy in the NFL. I'd be, I'd be Aaron Donald to him. Those are the guys I'd be dependent on. So, but it, it, it's, I still sense this like, well, I don't know. Uh, Hayden, he's come around in the past couple of weeks because he was like that earlier in the off season, but uh, he does bring up a valid point. Um, the defense does need Miles Garrett. You know, that's, I, I think that's a legitimate statement. Yeah, I mean, you saw this defense without Miles Garrett last year and, uh, or excuse me, yeah, last year during COVID. And you've seen it without Miles Garrett during the 2019 season. Um, there's no guarantee Miles Garrett's going to stay healthy. But I kind of agree with what Colin's saying. I think there's generally a um, distrust in Cleveland just because with the Browns especially, everything that could go wrong has gone gone wrong over the last 20 years, um, 22 years now, if my math is right. <laughs> so um, I understand the reluctance. But when you look at the roster, you look up and down, the offensive line is one of the best in football. They have the two best backs in football um, combined. Uh, they have a quarterback who's up and coming, who's young, and who could potentially have a breakout season this season, who's been, you know, has had a little bit of an up and down, but has great receivers, has great tight ends. Defensive line is veteran laden. It's it's a little bit deeper than people think. The linebackers are a little bit of a cause for concern. Again, not a ton of experience there and not a ton of, you know, true talent there. Um, you've got your cornerbacks who are, you know, some of the best in the league in Denzel Ward. You've got Greg Newsom. You've got uh, Troy Hill who you brought in. And then you have safeties, Ronnie Harrison. You have Jay, um, John Johnson III. I mean, you've got a really, really talented roster from top to bottom. And I think that that reluctance just comes from Cleveland's history of issues from code from whatever, literally anything. So I think that that's where the reluctancy comes from. But I think Colin's right is that, you know, fans should be able to buying into the Browns. I think that their roster is that good and they had, you know, a really, really good offseason plus a really, really good season last year. I think the confidence should be high. I think the momentum should be high. And I think that fans should be able to buy into this Browns team. Yeah, you know, the, the thing that's kind of ironic and in, in, in when, when you really go through and talk about the 20-some years, when you think about it, the guys on this team now were, you know what, four years old, two years old. Heck, Greg Newsom is just turned 21, so he wasn't even born. So they don't. It, that doesn't have any effect on um, on the guys that will comprise the 53-man roster. And you know, the head coach and the GM have only had success in those positions right now. 
Yeah, and it does. You're right. The history is history. I mean, it's in the past. You got to look at the present. Even last year's in the past. As good of a year as it was, it's in the past. So I think the Browns are very focused on the here and the now and the present. I think uh, Baker Mayfield has done a tremendous job of becoming a better leader and becoming the leader that this team needs. Um, kind of cementing this offense, cementing this team as a whole. Uh, and you're right. I think Baker said it best. You know, why not me? Well, I, I'm the guy to to, to lead to, to turn this team around, and certainly he's done that. Um, he's had some help with some tremendous talent around him, but certainly, again, he's kind of the face of the franchise at this point, and a guy that people are going to look to. To you know, he knows as well as anyone that if, if the Browns are going to do anything, it's going to be because he plays well. So, um, I, I, I certainly agree that the past is the past. The guys are young; they're they're too young to remember the the, the horrible days and. Um, they're here to change the narrative. They're here to change things. They're here to make new history and to make the Browns, you know, back into the powerhouse that they've been for, you know, quite a long time. So um, one of the guys that we talked about, Greg Newsom, rookie, uh, talked about the importance of John Johnson being a vocal leader and just how all the veterans uh, have kind of rallied behind him trying to get him comfortable in the NFL. You know, that's super important. The safety is uh, another, you know, Mike linebacker of the defense. He's another signal caller and, you know, does all the important things out there to make sure we're in the right thing. And to have a guy like that, a vocal leader out there is amazing. Um, he's like that in the meeting rooms and everything, like a big, playful, joyful guy. So it's, it's great to have him out there for sure. Oh, for sure. There's sometimes, you know, I'm locked in and I don't see motions and stuff like that. And he'll yell and get and get the call to me. So it's definitely important to have him out there. John also said that when the coaches tell you something technique wise, you always do it the right way. You do whatever they ask you to do. Where does that come from? I mean, that's just having self-discipline. Um, you know, obviously coaches teach things different ways. Like in college, I played a different technique than here. But I mean, they every every way they have to do it. I mean, they've been coaching for a long time, so they've seen success in the way they do things. So, I mean, it's just having discipline and just trusting in your coaches to to put you in the right positions to succeed. Is it important to you to show that to the coaches and teammates that you listen right away and follow exactly what they're telling you to do? Oh, for sure. I mean, that's the the biggest thing. You know, from new coaching staff to new players, just you know, earning trust. And I think if you can do the things they say and not make the same mistake twice, then they'll trust you to, you know, be out there on Sundays. And um, again, you, you got to like what you hear from, from the rookie first round pick. Yeah, Greg Newsom is a guy that obviously the Browns honed in on for a lot of reasons, but certainly one of them is his maturity. Um, a guy who definitely was a leader on that Northwestern defense and a guy that seems to be very coachable, be, be very accountable, in addition to very talented. You know, he seems to have a great head on his shoulders. So, yeah, you're definitely hearing good things from Greg Newsom. You're hearing good things about John Johnson III and the rest of these defensive players, um, which is a great thing. So Greg Newsom, again, has he doesn't seem to be afraid of the moment. He seems to, like, to let his talent speak for itself. He seems to work hard. He seems to take coaching very well, and that's what's going to make him a successful player, and that's why the Browns honed in on him when they did. Um, because they thought, you know, not only does he have the talent, not only does he have the speed, the athleticism, but he has the the head on his shoulders. He has the good background, the good coaching, and the good coachability that you need to be a great rookie. All right, time for us to head back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. This one on Nick Chubb in the NFL's top 100. Chubb was ranked 26th, fourth-ranked linebacker, or running back, rather. Hi, uh, James and Tyler here. Um, I'm watching you guys talk about the NFL's list and um, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, he averages 10 yards a carry in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line. No other running back did that. I don't know. I I think that I don't I don't think there's three other running backs in the league that are better than him. And Hayden, I I, um, I could understand where uh, a fan would say Nick Chubb's the best running back. Um, I also could understand where you would say Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, or Delvin Cook. Those are the three that are ahead of him on the top 100. I think there are things that each of them do well, and anybody could make a case for any of those four being the best running back in the NFL. Yeah, I think that part of the problem with Nick Chubb, and it's not a problem, uh, obviously, but Nick Chubb has the best offensive line out of that group. I think Nick Chubb has the best backup out of that group. So I think that takes away from him a little bit when it shouldn't. 
Uh, Nick Chubb is obviously one of the most tremendous players in the NFL, not only from a uh, production standpoint, from a talent standpoint, from a just an all-around standpoint. I think that when you look at the way that he goes about it, he just goes under the radar because he is just so quiet and so about the work, doesn't celebrate, not really in a nickname, not really into that kind of stuff, just goes about his business under the guise of darkness. And like, kind of like the Batman, you know, he kind of works in darkness, like the back Batman doesn't need the bright light on him, doesn't need the spotlight on him, uh, but can just go under the radar, which is so cool, which is which what Cleveland loves. They love to see that. So um, I, I think Cleveland is fine with them flying under the radar, like Nick, a guy like Nick Chubb, because again, he's going to go out there and he's going to prove people wrong. And I think again, at the end of the day, I think he is one of the best three, three running backs in the league. Um, but I think he'll take it as a chip on his shoulder that other guys were ranked ahead of him. You know, he won't say anything about it, but he will, you know, just do the work, put in the work and come out and have another great season. And and it's important to note, you know, as far as all the statistics in that go, and that's what a lot of those are based on, the fact that he shares carries with Kareem Hunt kind of works against him, but it will prolong his career because he's not taking the physical pounding uh, that – a guy like Derrick Henry has taken. And, and I just think long-term, yeah, that's important I to remember. Yeah, I think that both of those guys bring the best out of each other. I think that Nick Chubb brings the best out of Kareem Hunt. I think Kareem Hunt brings the best out of Nick Chubb. I think they're the best when they're together. Um, you know, thunder and lightning, whatever you want to call it, they they really do bring out the best of one another because when Nick Chubb needs a, a second, you don't get us. You don't get a break if you're a defense. you got to face Kareem Hunt. you got to face a guy who's super versatile out of the backfield. When Kareem Hunt's not in the game, then you got to go back to Nick Chubb, a guy who can run you over, a guy who's going to find the hole, a guy who's going to be patient, and who's, who's going to move his legs really, really well. So um, they they definitely can spell each other. I think that they're both very um, big advocates of each other. They're not worried about the numbers. They're not worried about who gets to touch the ball more. I think they're worried about the team and winning. Um, and that's why I say they're a perfect combination. And if Cleveland can keep them together for the next eight Seven, seven, eight years, well, even maybe next four years, you never know, the NFL shelf life is short. Um, I think it would be tremendous for both of them and for the Browns as a whole. I would agree wholeheartedly. Uh, Hayden Grove from The Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com, and I'm going to step aside to a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, CBS Sports has a preseason all-AFC North team. We'll tell you which Browns are on that. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. For CLE continues, we continue talking football with Hayden Grove from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Uh, Kevin Stefanski spoke today about John Johnson and just how important his safety is to this Browns defense. Yeah, he's not shy, uh, which is good for that position because you, you do have to be communicating and over-communicating. Uh, he does a nice job of that. He's, he's very thoughtful. Uh, I think the players really enjoy being around him. He's like having another coach out there on the field. Is that, did you know about his personality when you signed him, or is that something you continue to learn about? I think continue to learn about for sure, but that was definitely in our research and our reference work, that was something that came out, just uh, the type of teammate he was, the type of leader he was. And, and Hayden, it's interesting. They kind of added a leader in John Johnson on the back half and a leader in the second level in Anthony Walker, and they've got Miles Garrett on that initial level with um, Jadavian Clowney. That they've got leaders throughout that defense and that's what it's going to take yeah they do and that's what they brought in that's what they wanted to bring in that that's kind of something they were missing last year i think bj goodson was a good leader but you know i, I think when you look at john johnson that's a bona fide leader in the back end you have denzel ward who's a bona fide leader in the cornerback room you have anthony walker jr bona fide leader in the linebacker room bona fide leader of that defense today Clowney joins miles garrett leader 
um, even Andrew Billings, Malik Jackson, leaders, veterans, guys who've done it before, guys who can continue to do it. So I think John Johnson, the signing was huge. I think Anthony Walker Jr., the signing was huge. I think when you look at um, Jadavion Clowning, the signing was huge. They, they did their research and not only, again, this is one something I can't continue to stress enough. Not only are they bringing in talented players, but they're bringing in talented players with culture fits that are culture fits, they're good role players, that you know are good leaders that are good locker room presences and i think that cannot be overstated it's important it's hugely important for this browns team especially on that defensive side to have leaders where they really didn't a year ago so now they have those leaders they have guys that are going to step up and be you know voices on that defense which they desperately need yep and uh all about winning the guys that they brought in as well cbssports.com preseason all afc north team we'll start on the defensive side of the ball uh, they're flex guys, so that's a safety cornerback type. John Johnson. Cornerbacks, Denzel Ward, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peter, Peters. So um, Ward with a couple of the Ravens. Edge, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. Linebacker, Anthony Walker, Devin Bush. So they're two big free agent signings, according to CBSSports.com, in Walker and Johnson, among the best in the, uh, in the division. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, um, especially, you know, Miles is going to be one of the best edge rushers. He is the best edge rusher in football, in my opinion. T.J. Watt, not far behind. Denzel Ward, obviously one of the best corners in football and one of the best corners, obviously, in the AFC North. And then Anthony Walker Jr., you're right. I mean, you look at the you look at the AFC North, you know, I think linebacker-wise, Anthony Walker Jr. is a guy that is certainly not, maybe not the name because he's new to the conference, but he's a guy who's going to put up the kind of production and be the kind of leader that they that the Browns need and that is going to show out in the AFC North. So, um, yes, absolutely think that they're they are right about all those. Um, John Johnson, again, definitely going to make an impact. So I don't see any problem with that list. Yeah, and, and Johnson and Walker kind of upgrade the speed at those positions, which is one of the things that Andrew Berry and Kevin Svansky and particularly Joe Woods wanted to do with that defense um, in the middle of that defense. All right, let's flip it over, look at the offensive side of things for um, CBSSports.com's preseason all-AFC North team running back, Nick Chubb. Wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., T. Higgins, Chase Claypool. Offensive line, Ronnie Stanley, then Jack Conklin, Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, J.C. Treader. Four of the five. Browns offensive lineman, best in uh, in the division. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's not it's true. You look at the Browns offensive line. I mean, J.C. Treader is an All-Pro talent, been around for a, quite a long time, veteran. Wyatt Teller, maybe the best right guard in the NFL right now, maybe the best interior offensive lineman in the NFL right now. Um, doesn't get a lot of you know pub because he is an interior lineman. Joel Batonio, Pro Bowler, consistent in and out year after year and uh jack conklin again the same thing a guy that they brought in you know for on a significant contract from tennessee because of his immense talent so i think jed wills is even up there you know at this point i know he wasn't on the list but certainly he's if not one of the best five definitely one of the best seven to nine um it's it's a great thing it's a great thing to see all those browns there again the cleveland is built cleveland loves having that offensive line you know cleveland's a hard-working gritty um, take no crap league or city and, uh, and the Browns having that offensive line just kind of shows goes to show what kind of you know football they want to play so you add Nick Chubb into that mix a great a great running back you added Odell Beckham Jr. into that mix a great wide receiver who the Browns needed at times last year and didn't have um, it makes a lot of sense a lot of sense that those that, that those are the positions um, or the, those are guys were named to uh, to the best in the division. So Joel Batonio talked about um, just kind of the importance of winning this AFC North, and, and that is uh, obviously the goal of the Browns. Yeah, I think that's the easiest way to get in the playoffs is win your division. And, and as, a, as a team, you know, we're, we're really taking it one week at a time, but, you know, those games count for more. You know, you can go, we've seen it with the NFC East, you know, the team hasn't been that dominant, but they get into the playoffs, and once you're in the playoffs, like, you don't know what's going to happen. So that, that's always the goal is to, to win your division. I know we have some... You know, I feel like every year you, you, you look at it and you have some real tough competition, you know what I mean? The AFC North is always always tough, and I think it's uh, I'm not going to change this year. Well, I, I've only played in the AFC, like right. you said, but... You play against teams from the other... You're right, right. There's just a physicality about it, you know what I mean? I know other teams have fullbacks and things like that, but there is a physicality, and I think it just starts with, like, 
the mentality of like Baltimore's defense, Pittsburgh's defense, and the players that they have on their on their defense have kind of made it that way. And then you know you bring in running games like ours in Baltimore, like it kind of has to be physical, or you know no, nothing's going to happen out there. So it's a it's a physical division for sure. And you you have you know you know those Sundays it's a a little bit uh, tougher than other ones. And you saw Joel kind of smiling as he said it's a little bit tougher and a little bit physical or in more physical in the north. And um, those offensive linemen are going to like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just that, – that's the AFC North. That's the um, that's the Cleveland Browns. That's what it is at this point. I mean, they, they like to ground and pound the ball. They like to be physical. They like to be nasty. Um, and the Browns certainly love, you know, the, the fact that they are, you know, one of the more physical, grinded-out teams. And they're, and Joel's right. The AFC North is a lot like that. You've seen that with Pittsburgh for years. I think you're going to see that with Pittsburgh again with Najee Harris. You have that in Baltimore with J.K. Dobbins. You have it with Lamar Jackson. Um, you had it for a little bit in Cincinnati with Joe Mixon. So the, the AFC North knows how to run the football. And the, and the guys up front are certainly um, – some of the most you know gritty and tough and and grinded out guys and i think that that's the way the Browns want to play they want to be very balanced team but if they can't run the football they're not going to be a you know a air it out kind of west coast style team they're going to be hey we want to do play action we want to use our tight ends so i'm excited to see um what they do this year with nick chubb yeah and again um afc north is going to be a tough one with uh with the ravens and the steelers again this year without question hayden grove and i gonna step aside to quick time out on the other side of the break we'll hear uh, someone from espn talk about uh, how far baker mayfield can take the browns this year sports for cle will be right back stay with us welcome back back to new friends new classroom and learning new things Back to wearing shoes, man, like real shoes. Back to rushing to class. Back to having questions. Lots of questions. Back to vending machine dinners. Back to too much caffeine. Too late at night. But feeling like it was a night well spent. Back to pursuing your dreams and taking control of your future. Come back to go forward. Try C, where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. Continue talking Browns with Hayden Grove from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Kimberly Martin on ESPN's Get Up this morning. How far will, will Baker Mayfield take the Browns this year? Listen, everything I'm hearing out of Berea is that Odell and Baker, they've been working together before, during, and after practice. The two of them are on the same page. So as long as they're joined at the hip, I feel really good about the Browns' chances this okay. year. And uh, Hayden, um, we're hearing the same thing, that there's a lot of work that's going on um, on the side before in the offseason to make sure that that chemistry exists. Yeah, I think that obviously it's super important to have chemistry with a guy like Odell. I think it's, you know, it shows just how hard Baker's working, how hard Odell's working to make sure that they're ready to go. But at the same time, I, I think that Baker knows now, and I think it's actually a valuable lesson that he learned last year. Um, was that you can't just force the ball to Odell. You have to take what the defense gives you. And I don't think Odell's worried anymore about putting up a thousand yards or putting up 10 touchdowns or whatever. I think he's worried gen genuinely about winning. 
And I think that's going to be more important than any route running, than any timing. Obviously, timing and route running are important, but it's more important for Baker Mayfield to understand, hey, here's the defense, here's the look the defense is giving me. Odell might not be open on this play, but that means DPJ might be open, or that means Jarvis Landry might be open, or that means Austin might be open, or that means David might be open, or that means Cadero might be open. So uh, at, at times last year, I think Baker felt the responsibility to look Odell's way. And also sometimes it can be a little bit of safety valve because Odell, again, does make fantastic catches, does do things a lot better than most wide receivers in the NFL. So if there's nothing there, at, 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 when in doubt, throw it to Odell. And obviously sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But um, I think that it's great that they're going to get back on the same page. I think they have chemistry for sure. I think they enjoy the hell out of each other. And uh, I'm really excited to see now that they've had even more time to get to know each other, to get to throw the ball with one another. Um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in year three of this experiment. Yeah, and um, I would I would concur. Um, so we're going to head to uh, the voicemail of Truth and Reason. Got another one. Um, this one on Baker Mayfield being uh, the leader of the Browns. Hi, Dave. With all the talk and opinions concerning Baker Mayfield in the national media, it all adds up to this scenario. Baker Mayfield is the best leader to take this talented offense of the Browns and lead them to many victories, playoffs, and to the Super Bowl. He has proven his whole football career that he can accomplish and succeed in everything he works at. He does not have to be the greatest quarterback of all times. All he has to do is bring out the best of his talents and leadership, and we'll all see a Super Bowl championship team. All right, uh, and Hayden, uh, that's, that's an important point there. Um, he doesn't have to be the best quarterback in the NFL. He does have to be the best quarterback for the Browns and Kevin Stefanski. And I think that's the other thing to keep in mind with Kevin Stefanski. So not only did he learn what Baker Mayfield can do, he also now kind of sees where Odell Beckham Jr. can be used in this offensive scheme as well. Certainly, certainly, certainly. And Baker, again, I think Baker understands very much that he has to be the, like you said, the quarterback that he needs to be. He doesn't have to be the best quarterback in the NFL. He doesn't have to do things that certain other quarterbacks have to do because, again, Baker is a guy who does have a ton around him at this point, and he's just got to be able to distribute, to lead, to be the guy in the locker room that they need him to be. And I think he can be that. And I think because he knows that, because he understands that, because he does have all the talent around him, I think he's kind of an MVP dark horse. I think he's a guy that, you know, if the Browns play their cards right and, and everything stays in, their, in the same way and improves the way that it should, I think Baker Mayfield, you know, can use all of his targets to uh, the best of his abilities. He can use a newfound DPJ, you know, that has really come onto the scene. He can use Jarvis Landry the way that he has for the past three years. He can use Odell Beckham Jr., who's back and healthy. He can use Nick Chubb. He can use Kareem Hunt. He can use Austin Hooper. He can use David Ajoku. He can use Harrison Bryant. He can use Kendall Hodge. He can use Hollywood Higgins. I mean, the names are endless. And I think if he can do that, that's the, exactly who the Browns need him to be. They, he, they need him to be the distributor, the guy that reads the defense well, the guys that knows his calls, knows his checks, knows what he's looking at, and makes accurate throws. And again, it doesn't always have to be spectacular. But again, you, he can dink. Sometimes he's going to have to dink and dunk the ball down the field. Sometimes he can make a. He's going to have to make a great throw here and there. I think again, I think M. Maker Mayfield is the perfect fit for the Browns as currently constructed, and I think he's the Browns' quarterback for the long term future. And I think this year is just going to be the first step in you know what will be a great career for him in Cleveland. So uh, the Athletic has um, they pulled thirty three agents uh, from across the NFL. So these are guys that represent players. Um, who will win the Super Bowl? Number one was the Buccaneers. Number two, the Chiefs. Number three, the Bills. The Browns were one of uh, a couple of other teams who received votes. And again, those are guys that represent players. So um, that's a pretty good indication of some respect around the league. Well, again, when you listen to Colin Cowherd and you listen to everybody else who said the Browns have a top three roster in the NFL, it's hard for me to imagine. Again, I think the only skepticism with the Browns is, is just that they've been the Browns for the last 21 years. I don't think if you look at the, they have the they have the reigning coach of the year. They have the same offensive coordinator, same defensive coordinator, same quarterback, same offense as a whole. They added a bunch of pieces to that defense. John Johnson, Anthony Walker Jr., Jadavion Clowney, Troy Hill. You have, you know, studs and Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett. I mean, where is where is the trepidation when it comes to the Browns? I mean, again, the trepidation is from the Freddie year where things did not go very well. So um, I think for that reason, I think that the Browns should be in the top three, four of, of teams. I mean, again, 
they were one drive or one play, you could say. I mean, maybe if Hollywood Higgins doesn't get uh, speared in the head and the ball doesn't fly out of bounds that may, or into the end zone, maybe the Browns are in a position where they are in the AFC Championship game and they are playing the Buffalo Bills. So I think they're right up there with the Bills. I think they're right up there with the Chiefs uh, in the AFC. And obviously, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, and you got to give him you know, more of the benefit of the doubt than anyone else. Uh, but I think the Browns are a top five Super Bowl contender, certainly, and top three in the AFC. Hayden Grove uh, from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Hayden, as always, appreciate the time and the insight. Uh, thanks very much. We're going to step aside, take a quick time out. We will continue talking Browns football. Uh, Tim Bielek from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com will join us. More Browns straight ahead. We'll hear about uh, Greg Newsom and how important the veterans have been to his development. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back. Back to new friends, new classroom, and learning new things. Back to wearing shoes, man, like real shoes. Back to rushing to class. Back to having questions. Lots of questions. Back to vending machine dinners. Back to too much caffeine. Too late at night. But feeling like it was a night well spent. Back to pursuing your dreams and taking control of your future. Come back to go forward. Try C, where futures begin. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. continue talking Browns football and uh, word out of Berea. The Browns are uh, making a little bit of a roster move as um, we get this tweet from Mary Kay Cabot. Kyle Marquay um, was claimed by the Browns via waivers, was cut by the Rams to make room for him. Uh, they cut Romeo McKnight, defensive end. Marquay tight end uh, from South Carolina. Um was on the Browns practice squad uh, last year as well. So could end up being that fourth tight end or could be a practice squad guy, but uh, Browns will get a look at him. Well, um, one thing that has been impressive has been Greg Newsom. Uh, the first round pick looked very good in the preseason games. Newsom talked about his development and how important the veterans in that secondary have been to that development. There's still some steps that I got to take, but I think, you know, last week, uh, against the Giants, I took a, a big step in just going out there and just playing free. And, you know, I got to thank a lot to my coaches who, like I said, have a bunch of trust in me to go out there and do the right thing. And then I got some of the best teammates and some of the best vets out there in my room that tell me to just go out there and just play freely. Like every single time they tell me to just go out there and trust yourself and do what you do. And, you know, without those guys, you know, I think I would still be a little bit behind but you know with them I think like I said last game I took a, a huge leap and just trusting myself and playing fast when did that when did that happen was it right first second snap or did you take you a while in the game and you're like oh my you know it's finally clicking when did you realize it yeah I think honestly from the first game um you know first game always you have jitters and things like that but when I got out there and you know, guarding a guy, you know, who's been in the league for a long time and having some success just, like, built my confidence. So going into the second week, I was like, okay, I, I belong, and I know that I got to change some things, but I'll be ready. And, I mean, it also helps that we practice against them twice. So we kind of already – it's like you already schemed them a little bit, so that helped as well. But um, it, it really started from the first game. 
Let's welcome in Tim Bielek from ThePlainDealerInCleveland.com. And, Tim, um, the guy he's talking about that he covered in that game against the Jaguars, Marvin Jones, been in the league a long time. Uh, but it's really good to hear a rookie feel like, you know, he belongs this early. And you got to credit the veterans for making him feel like he belongs. Yeah, veterans definitely play a huge role in, you know, how a young guy adapts to the league. And the big thing that I took away from that is, you know, talking about how he talked about how he felt like he was playing more freely against the Giants. And I think that's always a thing with young players, you know, you look for guy you look for guys who react more than are thinking because if you're playing more freely if you're playing more off instincts and second nature then you can more react because when you're thinking and then reacting that's when you're a step slow and the nfl one step is all a guy needs to make a play on you so if you get it down to reaction where you can react more quickly like greg like newsom said talking about his skills trusting what he knows how to do that's where you can see a guy really start to take off a little bit. And it seems like the last few weeks, Newsom has really started to step up. Yeah, and you keep hearing the veterans praise him, never making the same mistake twice. Same thing that um, Kevin Stefanski has talked about with him. Um, another rookie, uh, James Hudson. That's an intriguing guy. Offensive lineman switched to offensive line from defensive line in college, late in his college career. Uh, Hudson talked about his first two preseason games with the Browns. I would say that I did some did some good, did some bad uh, as well, but um, I'm looking to improve it. Um, still coming out here every day, um, looking to learn from Coach Callahan and Coach Peters, and uh, just keep improving on what I'm doing. What's like the main message that Coach Callahan has for me? Um, really just improving my my technique, uh, cleaning up some footwork things, um, you know, just just finishing better. And Tim, this this is a guy that's really intriguing because he doesn't have a lot of experience at offensive line. Um, he's kind of getting a master's level training course from Bill Callahan here. Yeah, I mean, if you want to learn how to be an offensive lineman in the NFL, a few guys better than Bill Callahan. I mean, you look at what he did a year ago. Obviously, you you take Jedrick Wills, a guy who has never played left tackle in his life. Especially in an off season where they didn't have any in person work until training camp, and Wills becomes a more than serviceable starter left tackle. Hudson's always been interesting to me. I felt like this year almost seems like a redshirt year for Hudson because you have three veterans at tackle ahead of him in Wills, in Jack Conklin, in Chris Hubbard, where you can really let Hudson be patient, develop, you know, just learn through practice and all those different things, and eventually. When his number is called, hopefully for him, it's not for another year or two. So he has that time to really learn, to really understand his craft more. And like you said, to focus more on technique, which is always important when it comes to offensive line and the, the play of an offensive lineman. The more he kind of gets that going and the more he kind of learns behind the scenes, the better, I, better off I think he'll be. Like I said, he's a guy that, you know, he's a futures guy that probably in the best case scenario, you don't see him for another year or two when he's ready to kind of be a swing guy. Yeah, and, and Kevin Stefanski um, talked about Hudson and, and what uh, the coaching staff has seen from him. He's had some really good moments and some moments where, you know, he's a rookie, and that, that's to be expected. Uh, we just want to get consistency from him. Playing both sides is not easy, uh, and, and so we're pushing him, and, and I think he's responding well. Playing him on both sides, is that to ideally get him ready if he needs to be that swing tackle? I mean, in case... You know, something happens to Chris or... Yeah, exactly. Any young player, you know, you want to see what they can handle. Uh, certainly for tackles, you got the ability to play both sides if you're not starting is, is really important. For guards, you typically want to see if they can snap uh, at center. So it's just building his versatility. And again, you know, versatility will earn him a spot. Um, and, and, you know, the Browns like what they see as far as what they can mold and, and work on those techniques. Of course, and I think it goes back to the upside or the upside stuff with Hudson that what you see now is potentially not what you're going to see in a year or two years when he really starts to understand the game. And I do like the idea of, you know, working him on both sides so you can kind of see where he's going to be better, where his future kind of lies in the NFL, whether he's going to be a left tackle for his career or a right tackle or a guy that he could put at either side you know, in a swing situation, depending on what goes on. So um, obviously Hudson's, like I said, Hudson's a guy you, you focus more on the future of, but 
you know, he's definitely gotten a lot of experience, you know, played a ton of snaps in the first two preseason games, you know, with the starters really not playing at all. So he really got quite the indoctrination in the first two games. And I think that's something that can only can only be good for him down the road. Yeah, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how he develops um, as the season goes along. All right, so um, we mentioned Jedrick Wills, left tackle, who was uh, the 10th overall pick a year ago. What better guy to talk about how he's developed from year one to year two than Joel Batonio, the guy that plays right next to him at left guard. Here's Batonio on Jedrick Wills. Last year, he was just trying to figure out how to be a left tackle, you know what I mean? He was going against OV and Miles every day in one-on-ones and stuff, and there was some rough, rough film, you know, to, to watch and, and go over. And now he's battling. I mean, he still has to go against Miles and Jadavion, so it doesn't get much easier. But, uh, but you know, he's had time, and he's developed, and he's a left tackle now, and now he's just refining some of those things. And he understands, like, he did some really good things, but to take the next step, you know, there's a couple – little things that he's been really working on in, in, in training camp. And you can see that he's focused on those and uh, really, you know, making those those strides. And, again, Tim, I was really impressed by last season. It wasn't – you didn't notice Jedrick Wills, which means he wasn't – he was not a liability as a left tackle who had switched over. Um, and for him to be able to do that without a preseason, without a training camp – I think I think he's going to take a huge jump. I I really think working with Bill Callahan every day, and just kind of the the kind of determination and, and grit you saw from him, I, I think he's got what it takes to be a really good left tackle for a long time. I agree, and I mean he's a younger guy. There's no question about it. He came into the Browns very young, not just having. That, in addition to moving sides of the offensive line from the right side to the left side, and, you know, what Joel was saying, you know, when you move to the left side, switch sides on the offensive line, obviously you're going to have to change how you do almost everything, you know, from hands to how you set your feet of the linemen. And you, you kind of touched on it earlier. The best thing we could say about him is that you really never heard much of him and from him. And if you're an offensive lineman, the best thing for you is for your name never to get called on the broadcast you know, or for the referee to say your number if you commit a false start or whatever. And Wills is certainly a guy that, you know, he's got tremendous upside and he showed plenty of a plenty of good ability, I think, as a rookie as a rookie. So no reason to think he shouldn't make a jump up in his second season and playing alongside a guy in Joel Batonio who's got Pro Bowls under his belt. He's gotten so much uh experience under his belt. There's no question that, you know, though that Batonio has to have been good for Wills and certainly bodes well for him having a chance to really take a step up this season. Tim Bielek from the Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com. And I'm going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, um, a national pundit answers who is under the most pressure this season. We'll also hear Kevin Stefanski on Anthony Schwartz. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students kindergarten through 12th grade can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. We continue talking Browns with Tim Bielek from The Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com. Max Kellerman from ESPN's First Take. Who is under the most pressure in the NFL this year? There was a chemistry issue with Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield. And you and I were discussing this, I don't know, about a year ago or so. Yeah, because I was told that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, same. That Odell would be better off somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. Odell Beckham is not a guy who's going to say, I need the ball more, right? If, because they're bracketing him, because they're putting two guys on him, whatever it is, other guys are open and that's being taken advantage of. He starts chirping when, wait a minute, I'm not getting the ball and we're losing? Hold on. I thought I'm not getting the ball. Someone else is open. Get him the ball. But Stephen A., he'll be 29. He's turning 29 this upcoming season. It ain't cute anymore, right? Like, 
His prime is fast slipping away if it's not already gone. Not that long ago, he was always mentioned. He, Antonio Brown, and Julio Jones, the three best wide receivers in the game. Is he still mentioned that way? Now, coming off an 11-win season where they go to the playoffs and we saw Baker Mayfield blossom without Odell on the field, he knows he has to fit in. He has to ball out. He's part, and not only that, but but more than that, more than any other non-quarterback, he will be looked at if his team regresses. Maybe. It's kind of interesting, though. Antonio Brown and, really, Julio Jones aren't mentioned as the top receivers in the game anymore. It's usually DeAndre Hopkins and, and Devontae Adams, but that happens as you get a new crop of guys in and um, – the one thing I would say about Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield is Kevin Stefanski didn't have enough time really to figure out how to get Odell incorporated into the scheme and play to his strengths because Odell got hurt. I think that will make a difference. Um, there will be calls and, and plays and schemes where they figure Odell will get open and Baker will find him. Of course, yeah, and there's been all the, all the reports of camp of Baker and Odell really working out to the side, really getting trying to work on that timing to get it right, to get them in sync because the Browns know they're going to need Odell Beckham to really go where they want to go. I mean, we saw that against Kansas City where the Chiefs' corners really manned up against the Browns' receivers and made it difficult for them to really create space. Now, Baker made some tremendous throws to get them some big yards, but if you have a guy like Odell, and we saw that in the game against Dallas last year where he's so difficult, if not impossible, to cover one-on-one in his athletic best, that's when you know a scheme opens up. That's when a defense opens up and when you can create opportunities for others. And with the way the offense grew over the last half of last season and into the playoffs, maybe it could have just been more of a fact that, you know, they got comfortable with the system. I mean, again, they didn't have a preseason last year. They were just kind of, they didn't even have a mini camp or an OTA. They didn't have a chance to get together and really work on any of this. Training camp was the first time they could really get into anything surrounding what the offense was putting the offense together last year. This year, you got a full off season. You had Camp Baker in Austin um, where, you know, he's getting timing down with all these receivers. Odell Beckham's the biggest big play guy they have right now on the roster. I I agree with Max Kellerman that he's a guy who's under a lot of pressure. I don't know if he's under the most pressure, though, but, you know, it hasn't worked for him the first two seasons, certainly with things that are out of his control. Year three, if he's healthy, this is a year we just got to find a way to get get things done. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and keep in mind, he's been banged up as well. You know, the, there were minor injuries, you know. Minor because it wasn't, you know, a torn ACL that he's going through in the last offseason. But he was never quite right. So that's important to, to note as well. So Bleacher Report, one trade each NFL team should propose before the season. I don't agree with this one. Odell Beckham to the Bears for Akeem Hicks. And there is no way I'm doing that if I'm the Browns. I wouldn't either just because I still want to see what you have in Odell Beckham Jr. from the Browns. I understand it to an extent because Akeem Hicks is one of the better defensive tackles in the NFL. But again, I just think the explosiveness of Odell Beckham is something that I don't know if the Browns have elsewhere in this receiving core. I know there's a lot of buzz around Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's got speed. He's got athletic ability. He's very good at that, but we haven't really see it, seen it happen consistently again i talk about when i talk about odell i talk about the dallas game you know he's a guy who can single-handedly take a football game over and win it for you i don't think the browns have another player at receiver like that it seems like they're trying to make this work and i think with a talent with talents like odell and baker on the offense you want to try and find a way to make this work beckham and that big playability should only help uh, the running game as well with Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you have Odell out there, you're forcing those safeties to play back a little further to respect that deep speed. And then when you have those two backs in there and you can really rotate those guys in, you can keep, keep them fresh. We saw at times just how devastating that running attack can be, particularly in the first half of the season when Odell was healthy. You know, those guys can really wear teams down and – 
that's the other element Odell brings. It's not just opportunities for him. It creates for everything else because everybody knows what a threat Odell Beckham is. You have to respect that. And it just opens up opportunities for everybody else that they probably wouldn't get otherwise. Tim Bielek from the Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com. Appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much, Tim. Got it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Tim Bielek from the Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com. We're all the time on this edition of Sports for CLE. See you again tomorrow. Scheduled guests, Mac Robinson and Ryan Cavanaugh to talk high school football tomorrow at 4. We'll see you then. Have a great night, everyone.